Last time on Montreal Sauce. Next week, I don't think I can go to sleep until I see Doge Hulk. Much radiation, such strong, very anger. Hulk prophet. Yeah, so so uh, an actor who could play Captain America, I really, I'm at a loss. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, G- George Clooney. I mean, he's 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 old as dirt. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be like. I, I don't. I I think Captain America's ideal age is is like like thirty to thirty two. Sure. Um. He's got a he like Steve Rogers has blonde hair. Like that that's another thing that just bugged me. Would it would it kill Chris Evans to just dye his hair? <laughs> like Steve Rogers did yeah. not have like orangish brown hair. Sorry, that's wrong. Yeah. Even even in even in black and white comics he had it was obvious this guy has blonde hair. And so yeah, I don't know. A really young Marlon Brando. Oh, there you go. That that actually, yeah, that would nail it. That actually would nail it. That that would be, yeah. And I think I think the size thing could be. I mean, I mean, for goodness sakes, they 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 can do they can do anything convincingly nowadays. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. look at the look at all the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, I mean, yeah, made, I think those I think those they, show that you could have uh, you could yeah. put Tom Cruise in there if you wanted to, and <laughs> and you could make him look seven foot eight. So, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I had the I had a weird thing. I flipped on the TV the other day, and the first Mission Impossible movie was on, and holy cow, Tom Cruise looked like uh, he had he had been like to the fat farm or something he was skinny as heck it was really weird just sorry brief aside it was really weird Andy, and he hadn't had his teeth corrected so the middle tooth that he has in the middle of his face um was even more in the middle of his face and it was really bizarre <laughs> and and if you if you ever if if you ever want to see something really shocking just go google tom cruise middle tooth all right, <laughs> it's it's a thing. I'm it's excited. A, there are about this. there are multiple web pages devoted to the fact that Tom Cruise has a tooth in the middle of his face. Like most of us have a, a gap in between our two front teeth, where we have that gap. Tom Cruise has one single tooth. <laughs> I'm totally not joking. <laughs> this is this is a fact. <laughs> now you've just got my brains like. On Clerks, the animated series. Now I want to watch that again. It's <laughs> one of their episodes. They like just stop in the middle of the episode and say, "Sorry, um, we weren't able to finish like this episode in time, so we had to send it overseas to be animated by Japanese animators." And then the cartoon <laughs> just gets like really we- weird. <laughs> awesome. Like first, they show like this big mouse. I'll let you draw your own conclusions whipping like these animators. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, go figure. I wonder what that was. And and then um yeah, and then they show like the animators like running away and getting in a car and like then they're like, Who's driving car? Bears driving car. How can that be? And there's like a bear <laughs> driving the car and then the car stops and they run out and the car transforms into a transformer and 
it's crazy. And then, like, because Mission Impossible had just come out, they just show, like, uh, Tom Cruise, like, flying into the scene on wires. And they're like, oh, no, Tom Cruise. <laughs> and then, like, Eddie Murphy and Judge Reinhold show up with bananas because of the... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Beverly, the Beverly Hills Cop, Cop yeah. movie. So like, <laughs> yeah. Judge Reinhold, Eddie Murphy. And so then they show bananas, like, flying across in the background, like an anime cartoon. Ah. Now I have to watch that again. Yeah. But before you do, go Google Tom Cruise Middle Tooth. Middle Tooth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think um I think this pause means that we have to have a random quiz. Random quiz. Random quiz time because again, I didn't want to work out and I had a silly idea. <laughs> <laughs> So those classy shows like on NPR, you know, uh, Carl Castle, who's retiring, will do your voicemail uh, if you win. But today we've got a special prize uh, here on Montreal Sauce. Um, the winner gets to pick or design a tattoo that our uh, sound engineer, Jim, will get on his body. So <laughs> you can advertise your domain on your, his forehead or put a small portrait uh, of your mom on a complete stranger. Um, it's going to comfort yeah. me greatly going to bed tonight knowing that Jim doesn't actually exist. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because because there's nothing that makes me sadder in life than bad tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I need my game show host voice, but I don't want to do that because we didn't set levels for that. <laughs> Jonah. Rivers Cuomo. Said the Weezer song My Name is Jonas was inspired by what? A. Someone from his Harvard Bowling League. B. A letter addressed to the former tenant of his LA apartment. Or C. His brother's car accident. It's got to be B. Oh, no. It was ah. his brother's car accident. For ah. I don't have any sound effects because <laughs> I, had a ticking, I had a ticking clock. Uh, Ooh, no, that nice. wasn't anything. No, that won't work. <laughs> uh, let's see. Just need a ah. Ooh, there you yeah, go. that's there a good one. Go. All right, that'll be that'll be wrong. Um, let's see. Ew, that's not anything good. That's like trying to be the Macintosh startup noise. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> so I had a ticking clock I was actually going to send you that I made today in Ableton Live playing around. But um, Oh, nice. I thought the ticking clock would make me nervous reading the questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, My Name is Jonas was almost uh, Weezer's third single to be released on the Blue Album. but uh, And it was distributed to Canadian radio stations, crazy enough. And then the record company decided to make Say It Isn't So the third single. So that uh, Canadian promo is a rare Weezer collectible. There's your pointless knowledge of the day. <laughs> nice. Paul. Can I, just say because, but can I just say, because I lived outside the country um, when Weezer was popular, I completely missed Weezer. And I've gone back and listened to like multiple albums, and I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I just, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why they, I don't know why anybody ever gave them $1. Interesting. 
I uh, I'm trying to remember when their latest album came out, and the review that I read did not give it a positive or a negative, but merely said, "If you like Weezer, this is the most Weezery album that you can possibly buy." <laughs> well, that was the problem, and that they, was it. They probably released like six albums in like three years. Um, they did, yeah. yeah. So it was like they had one hit from each album, but like collectively, there's a lot of weird <laughs> but the best the best stuff is still only six tracks <laughs> and, and even looking like uh when i was looking up stuff about my name is jonas um to ask jonah uh even looking at the lyrics to that song i was like what i think i like this song but i don't know why lucky yeah. i didn't ask you about the lyrics oh gosh i would have been lost paul yes in his 2008 show, the Dutch TV comedian Paul Delu was interrupted <laughs> by a man in his underwear streaking across the stage, shouting, meat is murder. What did Mr. Delu do? A, rip off the man's briefs because then he could properly streak. B, hit on the man and ask him for his mobile number while he was carried away by security. <laughs> or C, break down as he apologized to the audience because that was his dad. Oh, boy. <laughs> boy, boy did I, that take an uncomfortable turn. I'm, I'm, tempted, to go, I'm tempted to go with B, um, but I think I'm going to go with A, and now I'm going to find out that it's actually C. No, you are correct. Play the correct noise. It was A. It was A? Yes, he ripped off. He actually grabbed the man and put him on his lap when he tried to get away. And he (laughs) started poking at him. And then he said, you have to take these off if you're going to properly streak. All right, so correct noise. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Oh, the progressive Dutch. Actually, in uh, 2006, Mr. Paul Delu was simply supposed to read the Netherlands results of the Eurovision Song Contest live, as this contest takes place all over Europe, and each country read their results. But instead, before he read the results on the live show, he gave his mobile number to the male presenter on air. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is way better than working out, looking all this stuff up. All right, Joni, he's up Y1, but you've got this one. I know you do. So we know that J. Jonah Jameson, that's a mouthful Mm -hmm. of J's. (laughs) We know that J. Jonah Jameson is the fearsome publisher of the Daily Bugle and the Spider-Man comic book universe. What was his wife's name? A, Coraline, B, Noreen, or C, Joan? It's got to be Joan, right? You are correct, sir. J. Jonah Jameson wouldn't name anybody that whose first name didn't start with J. Exactly. There's a, the whole family of J's. I think even his daughter-in-law, the She-Hulk, was like Jennifer Walters. <laughs> yeah. Who became Jennifer Jameson. There of you course. go. J, yep. J, 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 J. Okay, Paul. He's tied it up. All right. So, <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. Wow. In Polly Shore's music video for Lisa Lisa, <laughs> The One I Adore... The rival lead singer is costumed to look like Paulie's real-life mentor. Who was his mentor? A. Rodney Dangerfield. B. Sam Kinison. 
C. Andrew Dice Clay. Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go so with B. Sad. Yeah. You going with Sam Kinison? Yes. You sir are correct. I just I was tempted to go with Andrew Dice Clay, but he that just seemed a little too uh, a little too tough for Pauly Shore. Oh yeah, I'm I'm really sad that I did know the answer to that one. (laughs) (laughs) I could have I could have answered it without multiple choice. We we can quit now. I think Jonah just won. (laughs) It's uh... also the one thing that I didn't know was Pauly Shore had a music video. Oh yeah, I I was blown away by the lyrical wonderment that is Polly Shore. He doesn't exactly sing or rap, but I'll just give you a taste. Like the first couple lyrics are, "I'm a stony, crusty dude with a mop on top. My melons fully tweaked, but I'll never stop." <laughs> I feel dumber for saying that, and it's recorded. Yeah. Yeah, your your podcast is going to get the explicit label now. I mean, for yes, sure. yes. I, that that helped, happened, I think, when we mentioned Polly Shore. That's right. <laughs> You're like, whoop! Yeah, you're gonna. Paul's going to get a, a a really nicely worded email from Apple as soon as this goes up. <laughs> right. <laughs> we only post things of good taste in iTunes. That's right, dear sir or madam. Okay, speaking of good taste, we'll move on to just true or false questions. I'll give you a little Canadian trivia since I now live in the Great White North. So, Jonah, it's just true or false. The IMAX film format was created in Canada. True. That is correct. (laughs) Hide it up. Okay, Paul. Americans landed on the moon but it wouldn't be possible without the fully pressurized suit invented by Canadians in 1935. False. You are correct, sir. It is false. It was actually invented by... Do you know, Jonah? Um, I, I, is, it, is it the English? No, Spain. What? see the game i'm playing there yeah Yeah. very interesting no i did not know that yeah all right so jonah he's got three you've got two all right here we go another two and false the most (laughs) successful canadian film in history is porky's oh true yes you're correct (laughs) i had no idea that was a canadian film (laughs) they're such nice people how could they do such something so lewd it explains everything about Porky's. Yes, yes. It does. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It was a little off of a movie, I think. <clears throat> okay. 3-3. Three, three. Paul, the most common surname in Canada is Bouchard. Oh, boy. <laughs> I will go with... True. <clears throat> Sorry, faults. Yay, we get to play the noise. <laughs> Most common surname, uh, according to a recent, uh, I think it was, <laughs> which I probably shouldn't include this question, but I think it was according to uh, a survey of phone books. Who uses those? Is Lee. 
L I. L I. Really? Whoa, yeah. really? Yeah, actually, actually, you're talking. Well, I'm technically just a resident, but uh, actually, one in five uh, people in Canada are <laughs> not born in Canada. So, interesting. No. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Jonah. Yes. A handy combination of a ringing device and bucket we use with mops was invented in Canada. False. You are correct. <clears throat> that was also invented in Spain. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> definitely like one of the one of the worst things about moving back from from Spain to the US. Like those those just regular mops with the ringer in the bucket like that stuff is magic and then you come back here and you have sponges on the end of a stick which are just terrible and but the thing is is like you you try and go to the store and just get a regular old like stringy mop good luck (laughs) that's true (laughs) yeah no kidding (laughs) i had to i had to i had to get one on uh i had to get a microfiber version on amazon was the only way that I could find one. Wow. Yeah, I think uh I think pretty much everybody has gone the way of the Swiffer now. You're just supposed to buy these yeah. like disposable packs of wet naps and wipe your floor with them with a long <laughs> It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it does. It's, it does seem ridiculous. It it doesn't seem clean to me. No. So. No. So yeah, I I mop my floor the old-fashioned way <laughs> <laughs> by making the children do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, what a disaster that would be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paul. All right. This is, this is scary because I think this is my last question, and you have three, and he has four. So if we you tie this up, I, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Probably turn my mic off. Um, <laughs> The first known use of instant replay was, of course, for a 1955 hockey night in Canada. True. You are correct, sir. Hey. Tying it up. Wow. That is crazy. Now now I've got to scramble. I think we actually landed more uh, than you probably thought we would. Yeah, you know, maybe I should have did that workout instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what do you guys uh all right. I do know off the top of my head true or false basketball was created in Canada. False. I don't. It doesn't matter if they've started brainwashing you up there, Chris. Basketball was invented in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows this. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> it was invented in Kansas, huh? Oh yeah. It was invented in Canada. It's crazy. No way. Yeah. No way. It's true. So, so pro tip: Don't ever go to Kansas and say that. Oh, right. No, no. <laughs> they will. They will string you up. Pro tip: I like that. 
think that's the name of the episode. That pro tip. tip. Don't go to Canada. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paul, he, he didn't get that right. Okay. <laughs> so now I have to ask you a question. Hey, Paul, make sure that this podcast does not get broadcast in Kansas. <laughs> well, it is one of the few places we've offended. So. I'll put, <laughs> yeah, I'll put, up, I'll put up one of those fancy Amazon uh, geofences around Kansas so that it just can't even be downloaded <laughs> there. Very good. All right, go ahead. Oh, I need a question. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> All right, Paul, the correct number of points on the Canadian maple leaf uh, on the flag is 11. True or false? 11? Uh, false. <laughs> it's true. Damn it. <laughs> 11? You, you guys are just doing this on purpose, so I have to keep coming up with more questions. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sad because our prize is a non-existent uh, tattoo on a man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all righty. You're right. There are there are eleven points on that thing. We have to do like sudden death. Maybe whoever gets the next one right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Ah, uh, it's interesting. I. This one I read. Well, now I can't. I just gave that away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> letters. Letters. How many letters? Because are you read it. That's my answer. <laughs> <clears throat> Whatever, dude. I read binary. <laughs> ASCII all the way. Are you a Futurama fan? Yes. I do I do love the episode where there's like the wear car, whatever the Halloween episode, and there's like a scary thing written in binary and like ben, <laughs> Bender's like, that's just gibberish. And then he looks in the mirror and he sees it backwards and he's like, Oh my gosh, zero one one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is great. Uh, okay. They have some good writers. They have some good they writers. They do. All right. So the um, the game of Trivial Pursuit was invented in Canada or not? True or false? Wait a minute. It so was, was, it, was so, it invented in Canada? True or false? Right. Sorry. I, yep. Yeah. Uh, true. You are correct, sir. <laughs> Seem to be yes. It's always polite <laughs> to let the guest win. Yes. Yeah, one thing, so, so, especially so, if he is a Wookie. That's <laughs> if you value your arms and sockets, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the the one thing that we didn't tell you is you are the one that has to put the tattoo on Jim's uh, body. So oh. <laughs> it suddenly it suddenly got so much easier for Jim. <laughs> so Jim, you, you're going to have one black freckle. 
<laughs> Don't worry, Sorry. we'll supply you with the ink and the pen. And Sweet. you just have to draw it on Jim's gelatinous form. <laughs> <laughs> his his imaginary gelatinous form. That's right. I was gonna I was gonna say Justin Bieber's face, you know. Being oh. d- d- but I, I'm oh, assuming yeah. that Jim is Canadian, so Make him he a believer. Would have no objection whatsoever. But if I oh, have to do it, it's going to be a freckle. Oh snap! I had uh, I had an assist from Peak Winner in the chat room, but I had the other window open to find questions. <laughs> <laughs> he, he provided me with the true or false question. Oh, read it. Let's see if we get it right. True or false? <laughs> Canada has eleven provinces. I don't know if I can get that one right. Oh, was that the was that the was that is that the question? That's the question. That's the question. I, wanna, I think that's I think that's false. I yeah I, think I agree that, with you I actually. I think it's false yeah. as well. I think it's I think there are more than eleven. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to go with false as well, but I'm a little iffy. There's not a lot of them because it's a big, big country with big, big provinces. It's false. There's ten. Wow, Boom. ten provinces and three territories. Oh, there you go. Yeah, for whatever reason, I was thinking like 12 or 13. But and 2,200 protectorates. Oh, <laughs> no. there you go. <laughs> the, the, the United States of America being one of those, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Oh. We just don't know it. <laughs> That's right. We're actually being, we're actually surrounded and protected by Mounties at all times. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I like that idea. It's like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mountie edition. <laughs> <laughs> oh who's the guy in the red don't worry about him yeah pay no attention to the man in red that's right <laughs> I didn't even think about that the one guy in the chat room is like from Canada I think I got all my trivia facts straight although you yeah. never know when you get them from the web yeah yeah true yeah that's true yeah <laughs> All facts outsourced to Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) I should have had our imaginary uh, production assistant, Jenny, do those. Oh, yeah. But then I would have had to work out. So, Jonah, you also, in prep for the episode, uh, watched the despecialized edition, the Harmies despecialized edition of Star Wars. I did. And then also watched, uh, or I should say subjected yourself to, uh, the fully specialized uh, modern Blu-ray version of it. Yep, the 2011 Blu-ray version. So first of all, thank you for um, <laughs> <laughs> for putting right. yourself well, through the, that second one. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Although I... I'm trying to remember if I have if I I I, ha, I own the uh, 2011 uh, Blu-ray, um, but I don't know if I've really like sat and watched it all the way through. I feel like of the three, the first Star Wars is the one that got the least bastardized by the specializations. Um, but I um, but I'm trying to remember exactly what I what you see in it. I mean, he yeah. does a ton with Moss Eisley, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the that's kind of the brunt of it. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Well, that 
And then so he adds the, the explodey ring to the uh, Death Star because every the, he adds the explodey ring to everything that explodes. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Because in the if you if you uh, if you blow up a planet in the nineties, it has some kind of a shock wave that explodes right. out in a perfectly circular That's ring. Right. That's right. So for 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 anybody that doesn't know, the Harmy's Despecialized Edition is a reconstruction of the 1977 theatrical version of Star Wars, which incidentally I saw in the theater in in 1981 because they rescreened the original Star Wars um, in the theater in 1981. Prior to Empire, prior to out. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, so there were actually things in this despecialized edition that I hadn't seen since 1981. Um, That's right. And because you, there, were, there were some that were just completely cut from VHS and Laserdisc and everything else that was ever – when it was on TV. Mm. Um, one thing that I noticed was um, – well, was the, the – I noticed the old, the old Lucasfilm – uh, logo, very different from what we have today. Yep. Um, and then I noticed um, uh, Ben Kenobi's house, which which had always been a point of contention for me and my dad because I remembered the one from 1977, mm-hmm. which was plainly a hut in North Africa where they were filming this doggone thing. Yeah, like it. It it really did look like something that you would see in North Africa, right? And um, and it, it did not look like otherworldly. I understand why they cut it. Um, it was it was not a, a well shot scene. It was just like straight on. Here's a hut. They're walking inside. Yeah. Right. Um, but for for years, I was like, did that happen? Did that not happen? Do I remember something <laughs> that didn't happen? Yeah. Um, and then I saw it, I saw it and I like, I, I was over to a friend's house and I jumped off my chair and I was like, I knew it. I did see it. <laughs> it wasn't it's from, real. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't from passive glory or something else that, um, Alec Guinness has been in. It was <laughs> this movie. I knew it. <laughs> um, so that was, that was interesting. And then, yeah, the, so I think there's something that's deeper than just the like the bastardization of Moss Eisley. Um and I think there's something in the the these these new things that George Lucas did to his creations mm-hmm. that um that that reveal a blind spot of his and I'm just going to I'm going to throw this out there. I I'll I'll start with my like that my my big thing is that I don't think that he understands kids. Um if you look at Jar Jar Binks, if you look at a lot of the Moss Eisley stuff, yeah. it's just goofy. It's just embarrassing. Right. Um and right. I, I think he thinks that that's what kids like. Why do, why do I think that? Um because when after after Star Wars was like George Lucas made American Graffiti he made a ton of money doing that. He poured all of that and all of his credit and all of his earthly belongings into Star Wars. And when he renegotiated with uh, with 20th Century Fox, or I think it was 20th Century Fox, yep. after the release of Star Wars, what did what did he specifically say that he wanted? He wanted all the merchandising rights. 
and he and Lucas all of Lucasfilm's money has always been in that merchandising rights. So I think I think George Lucas has always known that the audience of Star Wars has been kids. And and I, I think he fundamentally misunderstands what kids want. Like even when I showed my kids episode 1 and they so we watched we watched 4, 5 and 6. Mhm. And probably for three years, I didn't tell them that episode one, two, and three existed. <laughs> um, and then, and then somehow, like on Netflix, uh, the Clone Wars uh, popped series up. popped up, yeah. and they were like, "What the heck? What? What is this?" And I was there's like, "There's well, more Star Wars." Yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> not technically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, well, actually, technically, yes, but in right. the spirit of it, no. no um, so we watched episode one, and and they were like, it was really funny when they saw Jar Jar Binks. They sort of they laughed, but they looked at me and they were they were embarrassed, right? <laughs> they were, because it was just so silly, and they knew it was silly, and the and and that's how I feel when I see a lot of this stuff. The the Moss Eisley. Um, like just the, the like you see a you see a, a stormtrooper falling as he gets off a dinosaur, you see a a Jawa hanging by the bridle of another of mm-hmm. another big lizard, and it's just goofy. Yeah, it's just silly, and and I think I think he was doing that because he thought that that would appeal to kids, and it would keep them interested in Star Wars, but. I, I, I think he I think he completely misunderstood um what his target demographic wants which is th- they want a really cool involved story and yeah I I think they they had it originally and then he puts this this weird goofy stuff in there and it's it's just embarrassing um so that was a, that was sort of my first takeaway um my second takeaway was that I don't know if you've watched the Blu-rays, uh, re- the 2011 Blu-rays recently, but they are like they're the color balance is totally off. Yes, he, he it's murders red. It he murders everything it. is red, like it's crazy. It's totally bizarre. And the the first thing that just jumped off the screen in the despecialized edition was that the color balance was right. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 got that spot on. That was amazing. There were a lot of the. There were a lot of the like the. So the the other thing that Lucas uh, replaced were a lot of the were a lot of uh, close range shots, because I would imagine that if you don't have a lot of money, one way that you save money is by is by having tight focus, so that you have to employ fewer people. The sets can be smaller, right? Um, all that kind of stuff. So yep. now that he has money and he has computers, he may he makes a lot of the wider range shots. Um, and I thought some of that, you know, was fine, um, especially in the in the in the Death Star. It was fine, sure. Um, or if you uh, go to if you go to Empire and you and you look at the the uh, Cloud City shots, like sure. He, you know, they're sure. running through these hallways, and now the hallways are open up, and you actually feel like it's a Cloud City. That that's yes. like. I can yep. I you can make the argument that that is what he intended to do when yep. he shot it. Whereas yep. a lot of the stuff that he's added um that you're talking about the goofiness factor and things like that like 
I don't think that would have appealed to 1977 George Lucas. Like, I don't think he wanted that stuff to be in in there. Maybe, yeah. maybe he did. Maybe he had these like little silly things that he wanted to be in there. But I feel like it was more about the fantasy of the world, yeah, um, than about the you know now making these guys do like weird lego star warsy things to each other is just yeah I, i think i think when he was making the movie he had no idea what he had he was he was oh, making something yes, that he definitely. loved, yeah. and then the movie comes out, and and he realizes, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a billionaire because of action figures. And I think I think after that, he figured out this is where all the money is. These movies are are fundamentally for kids. They're for a much younger demographic than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and so hey, here's what kids like. Um. And I don't know. I don't know if that happened. Like I, I don't know. I don't know when that happened. But at some point, he misunderstood what kids want. Yeah. Well, you've always got this. There's this bizarre like juxtaposition of um, all of these interviews that you have of George Lucas when he was younger and he was making the movies and he's kind of going through the you know the making of kind of motions and stuff like that and i think that realization realization is starting to sink in but he still has this almost like anti-establishment trying to be an artist thx 1138 kind of mentality about him and he doesn't he really doesn't want to have anything to do with the hollywood system if he can avoid it is sort of the mythos that Mm -hmm. that has come along with him whether or not that all of that stuff is really true about him that's kind of the the mythos of the 1977 george lucas and then you juxtapose that against um literally weighs as much as Jabba the Hutt modern George Lucas um <laughs> who and and li- like the, literally the, his his wealth has been sucked into him and is on the screen for you to see um and and you're exactly right it's become about um <laughs> that's horribly insulting to George Lucas George I'm sorry and I love you uh, and thank you for Star Wars. You can do whatever yep. you want to it as long as you let me watch it the way that you originally made it. Exactly. Um, Actually, now he can't. He sold it. So Right? That's right. Yeah. Can't wait to see like Disney replace the lightsabers with walkie-talkies. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the... We're going to so re- the- replace them with um, actual real swords. Just regular <laughs> real swords. And we need lots more princesses here in this movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's make them sing and give one of them a magical power. There you go. But okay, but all like all joking about the Disney thing aside, yeah. the, the the like I can say a lot more about the differences, um the the things that really uh just impacted me from seeing the the original one. But what I will say is that as I've thought about this, I'm actually whoops, I'm actually quite uh, excited about these new movies coming out. Why? Um, because I do think that Star Wars, um, in like indifference to a lot of other um, franchises that are out there, like Star Trek. Star Trek is not for kids, um, right? Uh, I think Star Wars fundamentally is for kids. And if there's one thing that Disney knows about, it's what kids want. 
they know what kids want. Like yeah. they, yeah. If you, and I'm not talking about the 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 princess movies. I'm talking about look at <laughs> look at look at look at Pixar. Look at these look at these enduring movies that 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 were made 50, 60 years ago that kids still sit down and are enthralled by and mm-hmm. and swept up in. And they're good movies. I mean, D- Disney makes good movies. I mean, a- aside from all the like all the crapping that I just got done doing on all the Marvel movies, um, <laughs> yeah. They, but you know what? Kids will love those movies. They will. They will. And I think I think these movies that are going to come out um, are are going to be really good. Yeah. I I, I don't think they're going to be original trilogy, at least. For us, the people that grew up when the original trilogy was all there was, um, that nothing will ever match that. Like that's just never going to happen. Sure. That can't happen. The same way that your child could ha- can't happen again. Um, but I think these movies are going to be really good. I think they're going to be way better than than one, one two, two, and three. three. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they're just going to be phenomenal. That. I think it's I think it's interesting that the original cast is in. Um, oh, here's another thing that blew me away that probably hasn't blown me away in a really long time. Probably because uh, when I watched the despecialized edition, I I watched it without my kids. Um, I watched it by myself, so I actually had some time to really concentrate and look. And Alec Guinness as Obi Wan was phenomenal. Like just as an acting performance, the the amount that he that he communicated um, with that with the you know with the pretty crappy script, um, yeah, in a very short amount of time on screen was just absolutely amazing. He he blew me away, and I feel really sorry uh, for Ewan McGregor because I thought. Previous to watching the despecialized edition, I thought Ewan McGregor did an okay job. Um, and now I probably need to go back and watch uh, episode one, two, and three because right now I feel like he did just a terrible job. Um, because nobody, nobody could do what yeah. Alec Guinness did in that movie. Um, because he just he was Obi Wan, like he just really was in a in a in a very in a very deep way, he was just incredibly natural. And he, like, I believe that that dude was a Jedi Knight and that he knew all there was to know about the Force. I totally believed it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. It, well, he and was just amazing. On top of that, I, you know, I don't want to discount Ewan McGregor all that much because I think, in general, he's a, he's a pretty good actor. Um, I think the... I think obviously because they are episodes one, two, and three, he's done a huge disservice um, just to the character in general yeah. and yeah. the and what he's given to work with um, is not what yeah. we would want to see from Obi Wan anyway. Yeah, that's true. I mean the the thing that the thing that I think never really dawned on me was that, that like throughout all of that movie, throughout all of uh, episode four. Obi Wan is is never out of his element. the The only time right. that he's ever really ruffled is is when Alderaan explodes. Yeah. Um, but other than that, absolutely everything is going according to his plan. 
Like he is, he is light years ahead of Darth Vader. Like <laughs> yeah. he knows as yeah. soon as they go into that space station, he knows how this is going to go down. He right. knows, he right. knows he's already dead, and and he knows he he everything is. It turns out the way that he wants it to turn out, and and I thought like throughout Episode One, Two, and Three, Obi Wan was constantly playing catch up. Mm-hmm. He was constantly getting outsmarted. He was getting outfought. And it was like it was like they forgot who Obi Wan was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I mean, I uh, I never thought of it that way until you just said it. But I I think that is probably what initially bothered me with Obi Wan in those uh, prequels is the fact that he was such a cool character in the first uh, ones, such a yep. calm character. Yep. I mean, I see I see Obi Wan like if you if you go back and look at it, I see Obi Wan on par with Yoda in terms of, and, and even like, yeah, I don't, I th- I think the whole, the whole story of episode one, two, and three, the way that the Sith came back and, and pulled one over on the Jedi just right. doesn't sit right with me. Right. Like it, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I just, I don't believe that, that the Jedis were that fragile, that, that, a, a, a very small amount of Sith Lords could just come in and just bring it all down. And it, I don't know. It, it seemed, it, it seemed really shallow to me. Maybe they needed, maybe they needed to back it up even further, like, and have, yeah, maybe, and have three more episodes before that to really, to really unpack this, centuries-long conspiracy or something i don't know episode zero there you go (laughs) episodes episode zero negative one and negative two yeah exactly (laughs) here's an idea if you're gonna come up with a with a with a with a a space saga don't use numbers for the episodes (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) because you're gonna be constantly rewriting history yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh well. I I almost think that the uh episodes 1, 2 and 3 are probably the most prime candidates for a true remake um inside of a universe that that you could ever have because I think I do think there is a fandom out there that likes uh the episodes 1, one 2 and 3. Um, and I think that it appeals to them in a sense of um, those were the Star Wars movies that they grew up with. Right. Um, but that is a fairly thin slice, I feel like, because like you said, you showed it, you showed them to your kids and they had seen four, five and six and yep. gotten to know and really enjoy them. And then they go a couple years and they see episode one and Jar Jar is a joke to them. Yeah. Um, an embarrassing joke. An embarrassing joke to them. And I feel like there is a group of of people who they saw it at just the right time where it was just the right, you know, mix of like it's this new CG technology and it's so much, you know, half half of all three of those movies is animated if not 75% of it is yeah. animated really. Yeah. Um and when you first saw it there were elements of it that it's like, I've never seen this before and it's too much to realize how bad it is in retrospect. Mm. Um, 
you could you could say that of the original Star Wars actually if you look at if you go back and you look at all the matte lines and stuff like that like oh yep, this compositing is yep. really not that great by modern standards um, yep. but the story is there yeah that, that this is interesting so I I was thinking I was I was wondering um, what other what other movies came out um, in 1977 just to try and put it just to try and put the original in in uh, in context, um, Smokey and the Bandit, <laughs> <laughs> The Spy Who Loved Me, Roger Moore and all his uh, oh, yeah. submarine car glory. Yes. Um, Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, what were some? Uh, oh, the, wow. For the, for the Love of Benji. Um and and I think it's really interesting, and I actually saw a documentary once that that sort of showed um some of the some of the other science fiction movies that came out that same year or mm-hmm. the year before mm-hmm. and even with the even with the bad matting like the 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 sheer scale of star of wars the, of yeah. of star wars of the spaceships in star wars yeah just i remember when i first saw it in 1981 just blew me away when that right. when that first star destroyer comes comes shooting over the screen you're just like holy crap i have never seen anything like this before yeah yeah well and that was one of his big changes as well was the reason like He's the reason that uh, credits are at the end of films now and not the beginning because yeah. now you're getting sucked into the story that way. You're not yeah, just as like, soon oh, as I can show up when I want and read stupid names. Right. <laughs> yep. Totally. But totally. You've, you've just given me like another you know project that I'll never do. But uh, now I just want to replace like every like Jar Jar uh, Binks in the in the first movie with Herbie. <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think the next time that I that I go through all the, I'd, I need to wait because episode three is, uh, it, it's it's too dark for for kids. But I think below like the I age agree. of ten. Um. Yeah. yeah. I, I think when you when you when you. When you start killing kids, you're just like, yeah, right. my kids can't watch this anymore. The majority of it's fine, and you have that one yeah. sequence in there that's like, oh, yeah. yeah, I can't show that to my... Yeah, you know. the, yeah. The, final, the final fight's probably uh, is, is also pretty hard. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, it is. It's, in, yeah. it's just interesting because like the first movie is so like G.I. Joe, where it's <laughs> like, oh, you're fighting robots, so let's just shoot yeah. lasers and stuff, and nobody's really yeah. getting hurt, so nobody we can dies. get this PG rating. Yep, yep. And then the yep. third one, they're like, oh, did you want your limbs? Sorry, I have to cut those off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But Even yeah. the second one, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of dismemberment going on in, in the second yep. one. Yep. Yeah, it gets Dooku it fight. gets progressively worse, doesn't it? Really, because it really you have does, like yeah. the the first the first lightsaber fight is Obi Wan disintegrates, and you're just like, oh, okay, so that's how people die when they get they get hit by a a lightsaber. Yeah, right. <laughs> you 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 find out more and more that no. <laughs> At least, actually, well, actually, if you think about it, the people that die, uh, nobody else dies uh, because of a lightsaber wound. 
in the in the in the the first three movies in well, four, it, five, and six. It instantly cauterizes the wound. You're good, right? You're good to go, right? right? Move along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No arm for you. One year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I love the I love the getting the getting the uh, in the despecialized edition the getting the 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 Greedo and and Han uh, interchange right. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like yeah, Han shot first. Oh, in fact, Greedo didn't even have a gun out yet. Right, <laughs> like, right. So, in the despecialized version, does um. Chewbacca actually get a medal, or is he just stuck over there with the robots again? Oh, he's, that's a good question. Oh gosh, he does not. He does not get a medal, but he does come in with uh, with Han and Luke. But and and I think that just came down to D- Chewbacca's seven feet tall, and they didn't want to have him bend over and get a medal. <laughs> I think they thought it was just going to be weird. They just handed him one, and he's holding it behind his back somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, either that or else he was still uh he he was still holding a grudge over the walking carpet crack. <laughs> so they they right. were afraid to have Princess Leia get right. too close to him. Right, right. Yeah, Peak Winner says uh the first movie had the uh Qui-Gon uh, funeral pyre too and he was only 9 at the time so he had asked his dad why they lit that man's bed on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that was a good point mean. as a child like that was mean yep 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 <laughs> poor qui-gon yeah he there's another there's another so good sp- another good character that lasted an hour and 15 minutes yeah yeah i was gonna yeah. say that too when you were talking about obi-wan i was gonna say that was a good character and instead you you want to give us the sort of star power of Samuel L. Jackson? Like, oh, look at him! He's like an awesome Jedi, and it's like he doesn't do anything, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's Samuel L. Jackson, so he gets to go. Hey, George, I want a purple lightsaber. That's and right. And George caves. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like I feel like with Obi Wan, the arc that you really want to see is. You could have all the same. You could have almost all the same scenes and sequences of Obi Wan, and given just slightly different lines and slightly different like body language and positioning of the character in the scene, he could be in charge of each of those scenes. Yeah. And instead, totally. instead, you're right. He's he's being completely reactionary to everything that's going yep. on. And doesn't I doesn't have you, a clue what's going on the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And I think you even want to have that in episode one where he's this Padawan, I think you want to get the sense that um, he has almost a deeper connection to the force than his, than his master does and can, uh, and he's understanding what's going on just intuitively. Even if he's not in control of the situation, he understands this, the situation so intuitively because of his connection to the force that you, um, and you don't you just don't get that sense from him. Of course, nope. he spends half of the, half of episode 1 stuck on the ship waiting for them to come back with parts. So, <laughs> what do you, you know? Yes. Something that I just don't think Obi-Wan would ever be stuck doing. No, no. <laughs> I'm just going to chill out here while you guys get parts. <laughs> I'm uh I'm going to practice my uh sand people call. Freak them out. <laughs> They'll be back, but in greater numbers. Go away. <laughs> yes. 
that was that was another weird thing. Like that the sand people thing, the thing that he did to scare them away in the despecialized edition. Yeah. That yeah. was fine. Yeah. They completely re recorded it in the twenty eleven Blu-ray. It was a completely different sound. <laughs> Which didn't add anything. Uh, yeah, you uh you just made me remember um on my journey about our Captain America discussion, like I really don't <laughs> literally remember the first movie at all because it was so not memorable. And I just remember sort of uh, going tete a tete a little bit on Facebook or some other social media with Jonah <laughs> a little bit about how much I disliked the film. But um, so I was re-studying, and of course I couldn't make myself watch the film again. So instead, I watched. <laughs> The uh, YouTube clip, um, like everything wrong with Captain America, <laughs> like nice. in eight minutes or something like that. And um, nice. of course, that as the internet does, that sent me down the path of I'm just going to keep watching everything wrong with m- clips. Yep. Oh yeah. And, and I watched um, the Crystal Skull version of Indiana Jones. Oh. And um, <laughs> it was funny because they're like they use the same punch sound effect for every hand-to-hand combat scene in that film and so this like everything wrong with edits it all together (laughs) and it sounds awful it's like (laughs) indiana jones just knocked that guy clear across the room and there's the sound effect and now someone just slapped someone else that's the same sound effect what's going on like uh actually i think i might have uh perused that clip um for our last episode, so it's probably in the show notes for your last episode or something. We talked Crystal Skulls, so yeah. Oh boy, but scary. yeah, Lucas. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting the the contrast because I know there was a lot of talk about that last Indiana Jones movie, like. You know, Lucas wants this and Spielberg says, hey, maybe not, but, you know, it's his movie. And, like, that's sort of, like, the lore about the film. But it's just interesting that the two have had such uh, iconic careers, and yet there is no such thing, as far as I know, as a special edition Jaws. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, there was a lot of problems and, like, a lot of things if if you do a lot of reading on Spielberg, like there's a lot of things in Jaws that didn't happen or couldn't happen because of that crappy mechanical shark. Mechanical shark never worked, right. (laughs) And so it would be like 20 minutes longer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the funniest part, the funniest thing is when you go to Universal Studios and you do the studio tour, I think I've been three times and only once has the like the mechanical shark that they have as a part of the tour worked. <laughs> Most of the time you go by that you go by like the Jaws pool and they're just like, Oh, looks like the shark's uh out to lunch today. Out to lunch, yeah. Out to lunch. <laughs> right. Hilarious. That's like the the then you get to really see it in action. <laughs> oh yeah. No, yeah. Not working. Yep, not working. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, like you've never seen like Spielberg say, "Hey, let's replace it with a 3D shark and do what we wanted to." Right. Yeah. Instead, replace, you just, replace you the harpoons to... with flashlights. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, you get to see like five or four sequels that are terrible. Yeah, and and to be and yeah, you know, to be fair to Spielberg, he has also um, diversified his skill set. Yes, I guess. Yes. Whereas George Lucas has sort of said, "Oh well, 
Star Wars is my thing, and this is yeah. what I'm going to do, and this is what I'm going to be good at, and yeah. I'm just going to make these movies. And George Lucas or Steven Spielberg has, you know, founded a what is what is uh, I, I I'm blanking on the name of his uh, motion picture studio, DreamWorks. You know, he right. founded a founded a studio, and he's made Oscar-winning films, he's won Best Picture of the Year, and he's done a lot of other things, whereas George Lucas is just like, yeah, Star Wars. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yes. And make um, lots of technological advancements off to the oh, side yeah. with my, yep. you know, with my side projects. Yep. And, uh, I, and yeah, more power to him, man. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if, I don't know if, uh, if the Lucasfilm's games ever made any money, but sure. they they made some fantastic games. Yeah, they made some Ooh, really yes, good they games. They did. Yep. Yeah, and Steven Spielberg never made any video games. Thanks a lot, <laughs> buddy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, it's Schindler's List, the game. It's yeah. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking, oh, but boy. I didn't have the balls to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to remember the other uh, dramatic slave ship one, but I couldn't think of the name. Amistad. Amistad. Um, yeah. 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 Humor could go to very dark places in both those movies <laughs> with video games. It's true. <laughs> that was Schindler's List. That was Ray Fiennes, wasn't it? Voldemort is in that film. Yes, that is correct. Wow. Yeah. That just got real for me. <laughs> it's funny that it took Voldemort to make to make Schindler's it real list real. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I have to. I have to make a guilty. I have to make a guilty confession. I have not seen the last either of the last two Harry Potter movies. Oh, really? The uh, yeah. well, the the Same. one closing book, but the last yeah. two really? movies. I read all the books. I didn't. I didn't watch the last movie. I don't know. Why is that? Just because you just didn't feel like um, finishing it or you didn't feel like it would be... I'd, I'll I'd, ask you this. Did you like the way that the book closes the story? No. Okay. No. I I don't know. I... I, I think I have... I think I have a personality in which... Um, a happy, a happy, conclu- a, a purely happy conclusion to a story is just kind of like, eh. mm-hmm. it, it, it feels very, eh, Hollywood, to me, um, and I, and I also felt like it was predictable. Like, yeah, we all knew this was going to happen. So seven books later, it's happening. Got it. Right. Um, yeah. I also, but by the by the time I was done with the seventh book i was very tired of harry potter (laughs) and the entire in the entire universe i had had as much like i was a teenager once i had plenty of teenage angst when i was a teenager and i didn't need to live it again with you no i'm i'm with you on that like i feel like there was a few of those books where i'm like if he doesn't stop complaining i'm done with these books i'm done because yeah. like it was yeah. just so bad and so then it was kind of funny because right this is uh, these books are targeted at the youth 
and here yeah. is a bunch of adults reading them because they're so popular. So then when people started, you know, recommending the Hunger Game books, I was like, I I don't know that I can do it again. <laughs> yeah. Sure, oh man, don't sure get enough, started on the Hunger Games. Sure enough, when I started reading those, I was like, really? Would she just like shut up? Like, oh no, two guys like her? Like, I'm done. We're done. <laughs> I was like, when are the bad guys going to win, please? Yeah. Could, could all these people just die? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, the the movies, I feel like some of those uh, Harry Potter books are, it's inevitable with any kind of like a book to movie or even comic book to movie, you can't do the whole story. So you have to pick and choose. But yep. I think it was just really hard. Like some of those, like I feel I, when I was in the theater, I felt like, it was either the second or the third Harry Potter movie. I was like, I felt if I hadn't read the book before I saw the movie, I'd be lost. Yeah. Because I felt yep. like they made so many quick transitions and scenes. It was like, wait, yeah. why are they doing this? Sure. But, yeah. yeah. So I can yeah. see why you might not want to finish all the way to the last two. Yeah. And part of it is, part of it is that it's been so long since I, since I read the books now. I feel like and or or seen any of the movies. I think it's it's been a long time, five years maybe. I I and and they obviously did not make much of an impact on me. Mm-hmm. I I think I'm going to watch those last two movies and and be completely lost because I no longer have the backstory. Like I have a I I have a vague recollection. Well, I know who the main characters are. I have a vague recollection of who like some of the secondary characters are, but then there's like a whole slew of people that I'm just like, I don't even know who you are. Sure. I don't know why you're here. I don't know why you're important. I'm not even quite sure whose side you're on anymore. And yeah, I I just don't think it would be a, a beneficial experience. So I, uh, we had here in Edmonton, we had a, um, I, I don't know what you would call it a show. It was like, uh, a Harry Potter exhibit here um, and they had props and things from the show or from the movies um, here in like a sort of museum setting and you could walk through and oh my gosh Hermione wore that and things like that and I was hoping there'd be more history like oh they built this you know wand out of you know but there wasn't any of that it was kind of cheesy but um, my Hmm. wife's friend really wanted to go so we went with them and um after that, it inspired my wife to then want to watch the movies again. So we did. It took, <laughs> it took us a while to get through them, like uh, through the course of a month or two. And um, what was really great was I had got her into the Matt Smith Doctor Who's. And then um, we started over again with uh, the Eccleston ones. <laughs> and um, And so it was kind of interesting to her because, like, you know, Matt Smith is the doctor, so who's this guy? And then David Tennant comes along, and she's like, okay, I kind of like this guy. And then, um, you know, we finish those, and we start watching Harry Potter, and, of course, David Tennant is, like, a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter's. And I was like, you know who that is, right? And she's like, no, I, oh, my gosh, that's Doctor Who. She was like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, but then she was like getting kind of frustrated because he was like a bad guy and yeah. he, he does this weird character thing where he like licks his lips all yeah, the time. right. And so now I wish we would have watched those like right before the David Tennant years of Doctor Who because I'd love to see her reaction then. You know? <laughs> Going the other direction? Yeah. yeah, I can't see him. Why do you lick <laughs> his lips again? 
It's the lip liquor. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I always forget that he was in that. He was in the first one, right? He was in Chamber of Secrets. Was he? No, he was... Was it the second one? He was in... Uh, Goblet of Fire, for Goblet sure. Goblet of Fire, yep. Yeah. Goblet of Fire. He was the one that had Voldemort on the back of his head, right? No. Underneath no. the turban? No, that's a different uh, guy. Oh. I was, had the same... I was confused about the same, because somebody mentioned David Tennant's in something, and that was exactly who I thought he was, too, and that yeah. is somebody completely different. He is oh, Bar- he is a uh, Barty Crouch, but he takes like mostly in the movies he's in Polyjuice Potion to look like the Aura guy, right? Yes, right. So. He re- he really is only in three yeah. or four scenes at as or David Tennant himself actually acting is really only in three or four scenes. He's the one that calls forth the um, skull snake in the sky thing after they raid the um uh the quidditch match all of the fans of the quidditch match were i don't remember goblet of fire at all (laughs) that's how long (laughs) it's been (laughs) it's probably been like 10 years since i read that book that's a I'm trying to remember if it's the first one because with the mo- that that's the other weird thing about those movies is the uh, actor who played Dumbledore died right, I know, yes, after the I second one, that. and yeah. so I think the third one is Goblet of Fire, if I remember correctly. That's the fourth one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's not the first one that has the new. It's not the, the new the, actor playing Dumbledore. Michael Gambon. Yeah. Yeah. Who I feel the, like the old one was Richard overdoes Harris, the character right? a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, R- R- Richard Harris, who I think was the first Dumbledore, was was another one of those actors that was just that was just so good, like like Alec right. Guinness. Right. That, oh yeah, that, exactly. That, yeah. There's totally. no there's no following him up. I mean, yeah, yeah. The only the only cool thing about uh, Michael Gambon is that. Um, I watch a lot of the Top Gear show, and yes. of course they have like a corner on their track called the Gambon because he <laughs> rolled a car there when he drove. Yep. Yes, he did. So. <laughs> Dumbledore rolled a car. That's right. Well, he, yeah, he rolled it long before he was Dumbledore. Right, right. I think he. I think he rolled a car there like twelve years ago. But uh, yeah. I was going to mention too that um, it's getting kind of late, but the uh, the other David Tennant movie that kind of surprised me because um, I had no interest in the original movie, let alone like a remake. But uh, I caught it on cable or something, and I don't even know if I've seen the whole film yet. But I really enjoyed what I saw was uh, the remake of Fright Night. Oh, interesting! David Tennant is in that, and he's pretty good, and he's not playing David Tennant, like maybe a little, but he's, <laughs> he's kind of funny. But then the other character in that is the new Chekhov. And yeah, I, I was totally yeah. watch this. I was really happy with that. Like I, you know, cause I think I've mentioned before in the podcast that I love that kid that plays Chekhov. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And so in this movie, he gets to be like a normal person and not talk yeah. about the vessel. Wessel. Yeah, yeah, not try <laughs> to pronounce the letter V. Yeah, so it was it was a surprisingly good movie. 
You make, you're making me want to go back and watch the original Fright Night. It was like, it was, I remember when it came out, and was that the guy from uh, Gremlins? Is that the um, Was it? I don't think so. No. And it's Roddy McDowell, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's I, got Roddy McDowell and William Ragsdale. Who who sort of looks like the guy from Gremlins, but that's not it's not him. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So I I kind of am interested to watch the original now too because who doesn't love Roddy McDowell? So exactly. Oh, and interesting enough, check this out. Um, William Ragsdale, who's the like, like the original protagonist. Oh no! Oh, there was a Fright Night Part Two. Oh no! I'm just discovering this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Live breaking news. Go. Yeah, this is terrible. <laughs> yes, I have to go. The world, the, the world no longer means anything, you guys. <laughs> it's Fright Night too. The I think Jonah's closer. just had his Captain America Fright- defining <laughs> yeah. moment. He's woken up. He's woken up in 2014 and realized that there is a Fright Night too. That's right. And it's now no he's going to run out into the street guys. and look at all the lights. That's right. And then pause and realize, hey, everything's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go uh punch this punching bag until uh Samuel L. Jackson shows up and recruits me. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started. When when did Nick Fury become an African American? What what <laughs> memo did I miss? <laughs> He was an old white guy with red hair and white sideburns. Yeah. Like, for my yeah. Entire I remember that from up. the cartoon, the X-Men and Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah. yeah and I, uh, somewhere I missed something. I Yeah. <laughs> maybe that maybe the whole Nick Fury of my childhood was just a big fat lie. <laughs> it was really Samuel L. Jackson with like a with with a mask on. Yeah. I don't know. They only, yeah, they only illustrated it that way because Samuel L. Jackson wasn't Samuel L. Jackson yet. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, we had to we had to wait for snakes on a plane so that he could really arrive. Ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, Capital One commercials that he is in now? Oh yes, he looks oh, yes. almost emaciated, and I kind of wonder I, if like yeah. he's not feeling well or something. Like if he's yeah. sick and nobody's telling us because. Yeah, well, but I I watched. Uh, and the the weird thing was that I watched Winter Soldier, and I I kept looking at Samuel L. Jackson and thinking, he looks like he ate all the pork pies. Oh yeah, he's looking yeah. a little big there, right? And then I see the Capital One commercials, and I'm like, are they doing? I, I, and I thought they must be doing like some sort of <laughs> they're doing thing. they're applying they're the Steve Rogers thing. CG to him. Yes, <laughs> like exactly. His body, exactly. <laughs> exactly what i was thinking it's all in the suit like the daredevil movie there you go yeah oh That's- have you guys seen the new uh the 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 ben affleck as batman uh yeah picture, picture. yeah yeah talk about talk about everything being in the suit holy cow yeah no kidding well <laughs> and that that was the original issue that always made me like, especially when they announced he was going to be Batman. I was like, so is he going to work out this time or is it just going to be the suit? Because like <laughs> Daredevil, right. which is 
not the greatest movie to begin with. Like it's just uh, like it's one point where he's like, I'm gonna go sleep in my watery coffin so I don't hear anything and he like pulls off the suit and he looks like me without my shirt on. <laughs> and it's like, Whoa, that guy is really good at fighting because of radioactivity, I guess. Yeah. Right. Not because of regular activity. That's right. That's right. And I'm, I'm, so yeah, I need to, I need, I need to found a startup that just markets those suits. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make a lot of money. That's a good idea. (laughs) Put the suit on. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Forget those like tight t-shirts where like a large is actually a small. That's right. To show off your muscles. We're going to give you muscles. (laughs) Yep. Yep. All you got to do is put the suit on. Oh, and by the way, keep it on. (laughs) Right. We just have to make sure Gallagher doesn't have that trademarked. Yeah. Because he used to have a bit like where he did that. It was like a jacket that looked like muscles. Yes. I have a a vague recollection of that. Yes. Then he would tear it off and there would just be watermelons underneath it. (laughs) 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 And he would smash them. And then the show would be over. Oh, that's great. That's all of it that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'd, I probably got to go. Yeah, yeah. We should pack it in. But um, yeah. Yeah. thank the, you so the much watermelon, for The us. watermelon joke's a great place to stop. I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Jonah Bailey, where can people find you online? Oh, boy. Uh, or where do you want the, them to find you? <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm, so, I'm an avid Twitter user. Um, I'm on Twitter. My handle is Jonah Bailey, J-O-N-A-H-B-A-I-L-E-Y. I work at a company called Mutually Human. I blog there at mutuallyhuman.com slash blog. Um, we have a lot of interesting tech slash culture um, things being posted there. We We have a really interesting conversation going on in our workplace about uh, – women in tech and we have some interesting viewpoints going up on our blog there. Nice. And yeah. So I, I have a website, but I'm not going to talk about it right now because <laughs> it, it needs some love. <laughs> it needs some women. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's not going to get, it's not going to get either of those anytime soon. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, hit me up on Twitter. I'm pretty responsive. I like to chat. Sweet. Chris? That's me. I am at Sick Days on Twitter and various other social media things that I don't check. (laughs) That's where you can find me. And I'll probably talk to you on Twitter, though, because I just rearranged, like, my following, so... Oh, nice. I made a bunch of lists like probably a month ago and put like, you know, websites and things that I'm interested in into those. And sure. then just kept like people like as the people I follow and the other things are in lists. And I haven't mm. checked those lists in a month. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm having conversations with people. Now I'm just looking for more people to talk to because uh, nice. I'm noticing some of these people are just uh, advertising themselves. And I never do that. So anyway. <laughs> Paul? I am uh, at Paul D on Twitter. Um, 
as well as a couple of other places as well, like uh, app.net, uh, which we'll never speak of again. Yeah, um, I'm also on app.net, but I have not looked at that in a really long time. Yeah, I look at it very, very occasionally. Um, mostly because a developer I follow, Manton Reese, is on it, and he is very adamantly not on Twitter. <laughs> uh so uh yeah, at Paul D on Twitter, um I have a blog that I uh optimistically write a post for every month, roughly. And uh that is at padizio.com slash blog. Uh and uh aside from that, uh just keep surfing the internet and you'll probably find me eventually. So um I was gonna say I was gonna say how many Paul Deleuze can be out there, but Judging from our quiz tonight, Paul Delu might not be the first <laughs> name you want to Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's definitely uh, prolific. <laughs> yes, I'll <We'll> say that. <laughs> I'm interested in finding more. <laughs> yeah, the, you can actually. There are a couple of other Paul Delus as well yes. in the in the United States, and you can run across them. Somebody does own pauldelu.com, and that somebody is not me. Um, and it's also not – I don't think it's the um, the Dutch comedian either, um, which is interesting. So hmm. – but anyway, I think we'll – I think we'll call it a night. Um, this is two, perhaps three episodes of Montreal sauce. When I get it all cut, <laughs> when I get it nice. all cut, maybe the one, maybe we'll take the quiz out of the middle of it, and that'll be like a Montreal sauce special edition. Uh, there you go, special edition quiz. Quiz, yes. Nice. <laughs> we, we will make a genre of podcast with that. Yes, there you go. But uh, Jonah, we'll plan to have you back sometime in the future to talk awesome. about uh, to talk about yet more. Uh, yeah, probably about yep. Star Wars and Marvel and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so. we could do. Uh, we could talk about Star Trek. Yeah, and, that would be Star and, Trek and Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah, we could talk about those too. But uh, Doctor Who, I need some time because I, I I need to go back and watch episodes. Yeah, Star Trek, I could do any time because I watched. I'm I'm probably the only person that you know that have that has literally watched all of it. <laughs> <laughs> like not just the movies. Not just a TV show. Yeah, I have watched it all, <laughs> including including the animated series. Um, I have seen that. I have seen select episodes of the animated series, but I do not consider that part of canon. That's that's, that's where I that's where I am yeah. as well. I have seen yeah. a couple of episodes here or there of the yeah. animated series. Yeah, but I've watched I've watched it all, and and relatively, I finished uh, TNG relatively recently. Oh, okay, like nice. in the last year. So I saved TNG for last. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because I was dreading that first season. <laughs> yeah, that first season is uh, hard to get through. It is. It it's, is without a doubt the worst season. It feels like, and really, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is the Naked Now. But it feels like <laughs> every single episode is an homage to the original series. Yeah. And it's totally. like you could have done that like with one episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. On. But yeah, it did get a lot better after that. We'll we'll save yeah. that before Sounds we go good. into hour three of uh yeah, that's right. tonight's recording. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take it easy, guys. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs>